Hello and welcome. It's another Books of the Year podcast. It is, From yes. Matt Williams. Oh, good. I'm glad I'm getting top billing. Not before time, so certainly my mother would say. Anyway. And his sidekick. Is that your mother with the smooth <laughs> face? Yes, that is. With uh, Harry's razors, who have been very, very happy with their association with my mum's chin. Very, very uh, happy it's, with that. Yeah. It's all part of the delivery service that we could provide. It's the only podcast that talks about people that don't necessarily sponsor every no, show. No, no, they don't. No, Squarespace have had far too still, many mentions. Still nothing from them. Beer 52, when are they going to get involved? I want free beer, please. Yeah, well, Sam Adams, that would be quite a good sponsorship deal. Yeah, yeah, sort of. some beer, yeah. I went to see uh, Hamilton, the oh, yes. musical in the West End <clears throat> of London, which you have to book like nine months away. From. Of and course. There's a, there's a, I'm quite thirsty during this. This is only a small moment. And it's, it's kind of like revolutionary America. Uh-huh. And there's a line where one of them sings about, uh, I've had two pints of Sam Adams and I'm working on a third. I'm thinking, oh, actually, yes. Yes, no, actually, I could do that. that. Even though I don't think Sam Adams was making beer in 1776. <laughs> so that came later. <laughs> Were they serving Sam Adams in this particular theatre? My no, guess is not. No, unfortunately it's not. It's all gin and tonic, isn't it? It was gin and tonic. Plus, I ordered a, a, a wine for half time. Yeah. Right? I ordered the wrong one. I, it ended up as a red wine. I don't drink red wine, really. Oh, right. But anyway, I took it because I paid Obviously. for it. And then you go in for the second half. And the only place to, to put the wine is in between your legs. <clears throat> right. Okay. So then... Song finishes and everyone's applauding and I'm applauding. Oh, no, no, and I no. go to pick up the wine and it's disappeared and it's tipped itself oh, into no. my bag with my jacket in. Oh, what? So there's that calculation which is, is there anything that I can retrieve from this situation? The red wine is tipped into my bag. Of course. It's tipped onto my jacket. I can leave yeah. or I can just stay knowing that the red wine is... It's soaking yes. and I can not enjoy the rest of this performance thinking about how that yes. red wine is even now... Soaking its way in. When you spent a fortune buying the tickets, you're thinking, (laughs) that ticket is worth more than my jacket and my bag put together. So I stayed put. Anyway, all of which is a long way of saying Sam Adams sponsorship. Yes, please. Yes, no, we would uh, really appreciate that and the beer. Thank you. Well, that was was an entertaining (laughs) start. So this is one of our mini shows uh, where we're going to give you... Our top Q and A. Yes, fabulous authors Dermot O'Leary, him off the telly. Yes, well we know Dermot. And uh, Chris Riddell, illustrator, author, poet, who has done the most astonishing uh, illustrations for J.K. Rowling's The Tales He's got of so many books out, hasn't he? Beadle the Bard. You interrupted the title. Sorry, did I? Right, yeah. Tales of Beadle the Bard. Tales what was of Beadle the Bard. The point I was making was he's, he's got so many books out. He's seven. Got so many, seven he's books out at the moment. Seven books out, which is slightly taking the mickey of all the, from all the other <laughs> illustrators. Anyway... You can get in touch with us, which uh, you can tweet us at Books of the Year, and you can email Books of the Year at yahoo.com. Tammy Clark, uh, just listen to the Gary Barlow show. Uh, wonderful to hear how incredibly honest Gary is about all the highs and lows of his life. Can't wait to read the book. It's packed in my suitcase for my trip to Blackpool. I know there will be parts in it that can help me and so many others. Tammy, thank you very much indeed. I think you're, I think you're probably right. If you're expecting a kind of a, just a glossy showbiz book, I think it's quite evident from uh, the interview that we did with Gary that it's much deeper. Absolutely. Uh, Becky Joe agrees, saying, certainly is book of the year. So brave speaking out about subjects such as depression and eating disorders. He's a star for coming out the other side and will hopefully help others to kiss kiss. I'm including the kiss kiss. Help others to kiss. No, no, help no, others no too. too. Full stop. Full stop. Kiss kiss. Simon and Matt, this is from Rachel. Enjoyable pod again today. I have to be honest and say, I wasn't particularly excited about Gary Barlow being featured. I've always really liked 
Robbie Best out of the original five band members and considered Gary a bit dull and rather serious. Well, thanks for getting in touch. Well, hey, now there's a part two. Oh, there is a part, is it? But actually, ah. he came across very well. Yes. It's clear he isn't ashamed to take the mickey out of himself sometimes. The anecdote about moonwalking into the kitchen in front of his unimpressed children probably helped. Well, I think with both of them, when uh, Robbie came in and when Gary came in, I think we saw aspects to both of their personalities that we don't normally see. Um, because I had my own perceptions about how both of them were going to be before they walked into the studio, and it turned out I was wrong. Yeah, that's what I particularly liked about the moonwalking into the kitchen thing because the whole purpose of children is to take their parents down absolutely the the whole purpose of children is to not be impressed by their parents despite their parents saying oh guess what i was doing today don't care if you didn't hear the uh, the gary barlow uh, episode that's available for you to download have we mentioned wh smith no i don't think we have wh smith get our stickers on the books if you wouldn't mind mr manager of wh smith or madam manager madam manager of course yes could be good madam was that anyway shall we just say brought to you in association with with all our friends at wh yes, smith whoever they are whoever they are who get stickers on and sometimes they don't yes, sometimes they don't yes. go in and demand a sticker yes buy the book and then say i wonder why there's no there's no sticker on this right here comes our big q and a Okay, so here we go with the uh, Q&A. Dermot, the last book you really, really enjoyed? Don Winslow, Power of the Dog. Explain. Okay, I think think, uh, one of the reviewers described it as the war and peace of dope books. Essentially, if you you wanted to watch a book that that should have been a TV series, but the cartel obviously is, or Narcos rather, is as good as it is, um, it's a 30-year story of a small-time Mexican drug lord and a narc, essentially, mm-hmm. and it's it's extraordinary. Is it a novel? Is it fiction? Yeah, yeah. it's like okay. 600 pages long. Okay. Um, Don Winslow is this uh, private investigator turned novelist. Uh, it's kind of, it's got a touch of Elroy about it. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's extraordinary. Chris, the last book you really, really enjoyed, which you didn't illustrate. Um, well, I, I, I have plans. Uh, Simon is all I can say. Um, it's uh, the Gormenghast trilogy um, by Mervyn Peake, um, and I've been rereading it. Um, I'm going to be talking with Neil Gaiman at the British Library um, at the end of next month um, about Gormenghast, this wonderful Gothic world uh, created by Mervyn Peake, the uh, writer and uh, uh, illustrator um, uh, of the 30s, 40s, um, and. Uh, it is the book that only, I think, uh, a sort of painter could have written. It's very visual. It is very strange. Um, I don't know quite how it would fit into today's you know, sort of world, but I think it's due a, a revival. Okay. Wonderful book. A fitting that we can ask you both this question. Is there a book that you remember being read to you as a child, Chris? Yes, there is. Um, it's The Hobbit, and it was read... Um, a very special, my, my favourite time at school was, was going home time, but my second favourite time was um, story time, which was just before going home time. Um, just 15 minutes, the teacher would read to us from a chapter book, a little bit older than we would necessarily have read ourselves, which was part of the point. And we were read The Hobbit, I remember, at my, at my, um, uh, at my sort of uh, school. Uh, loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, and then got the flu just before the Battle of the Five Armies. <laughs> and I missed it. Yeah. I came back, they were reading Black Beauty, you know, oh, just, I know. So uh, I, had to, uh, I had to go to my library and borrow The Hobbit and read <laughs> it myself. Uh, I needed to find out what happened. 
Dermot. The Tales of Br'er Rabbit. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. And and that was a, it was all these wonderful kind of evocative stories, countryside stories. Beautiful black and white yeah. illustrations. Yeah, yeah, as yes, well. yes, Classic, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, American yeah. illustrator. Yeah. yeah, so my parents used to read me that when I was a kid. Um, the one that got away. Is there a book that should have been massive, but wasn't, Chris? I think you might have described almost every book I've written. Um, <laughs> you're not allowed to mention that. <laughs> I, I, no, and very few people do. Um, no, um, I don't know. I think um, I think there. There, I've loved um, the science fiction novels of Ursula Le Guin. She's known for Earthsea primarily, um, but she's written some astonishing fiction. Um, and I think my favourite of Ursula Le Guin's books is The Left Hand of Darkness extraordinary novel that we could read now with a very interesting premise, which is a planet where uh, you become um, a a gender. You know, it's an ungendered planet, but you can become either a man or a woman depending on the relationship you Mm -hmm. enter into. So, and you can change, you know, so you can actually have a child and father a child. So what would society look like if that was the case? It's an extraordinary novel. Well, let's leave that unanswered for the moment. Um, Dermot? I don't really have one, to be honest with you. I I got very into the Preacher graphic novels um, 10, 15 years ago when they first came out. Even though I know, I think AMC made a a TV show of them, which was very good. At the time, it was the, if you found someone else that was into the Preacher, which is a wonderful thing about books, when you find Mm. someone else Mm. that's part of, especially when series of books, when you find someone else that's into them, it's just that wonderful experience. My instinct is there's quite a lot of people who watch that show who don't know that it's, as you say, based on this this graphic novel. Who's, whose uh, books do you own the most of? John Connolly, the um, brilliant kind of gothic crime novelist who his main character is this private investigator called Charlie Parker. It's all based up in uh, Portland in Maine. And um, and he's kind of, he's touched. He's got, you know, he sees his dead daughter and he's kind of recovering, semi-alcoholic. And he's got two, his two best friends are two gay hitmen from New York. And there's 12 or so books now. I don't know if you've met John. He's a wonderful Irishman from Dublin and he's got great music taste and he's done some stuff for Six Music as well. He's really, he's a great guy and he's, he's I can't, he, and he's prolific as well. He does about a book a year and I, and he'd be wonderful to illustrate actually. And he, um, yeah, I, I adore John's books. What about you, Chris? Um... I th- uh, Richard Yates, who wrote Revolutionary Road, um, and he's written many other novels. I have them all. Um, and I spent uh, one summer just reading everything Richard Yates has ever written and then an extraordinary biography of him. Um, and he's one of the great American writers who is not as well known, mm. I think, as he ought to be. Um, certainly a J.D. Salinger sort of esque figure in a way, um, and as good. Uh, reading habits, gentlemen. Um, when and where do you read the most, Dermot O'Leary? Yeah, in bed, all the time. I try. And I try to get to bed earlier so I can read, or or travelling. I, I sadly rarely take time out of my day to read books. I don't know why. Um, I think I probably because I'm working and it's. I find it a wonderful indulgence. And you know, every now and again, if I'm lucky, I'll get a couple of hours on the weekend where I'll be able to sit down in the afternoon. But yeah. How much do you manage? Because my great problem reading in bed is I fall asleep yeah, after, yeah, you know. Yeah, and a half. Like, true, true. Yeah, I, I know. And so it take, can take a long time. I don't read as many books as I want to read. I probably read about 15 to 20 a year, and I wish I could do more. But I that's have, about 
the maximum I can probably fit. I have sort of, you know, uh, reading binges in a sense where I I will take some books and just do nothing else for, you know, several days, just ingesting, you know. Um, Because the rest of the time I have these extraordinary books called sketchbooks that actually don't have anything in them. And my compulsion is to fill sketchbooks. And when you finish those books, are you putting them on the shelves in any order? Are they going on higgledy piggledy? Are they? Are they? Do you give them away, or do, do you <clears throat> group them together by by author? Um, I have a coffee table that I leave impressive books on. Oh yeah, you know, just in case people are, you know <laughs> yeah, visit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm working my way through um, Gibbon's Decline and Fall, as you can see. Um, but uh, no, no order at all. Um, great sort of piles of books. I, I do cover illustrations for a magazine called the Literary Review, and have been since the early '90s. And they send me uh, a copy of whatever book is on the cover. And so I have just wonderful, wonderful books arrive every month, um, hardback, beautiful coffee table material. And I can impress people who come over by just <laughs> putting them you know, in front of them. I've got great intentions. I mean, it, there's always, there is a system and then, and then it just spews out and then we have to go back, have a cull, and then there's a system again for a while and then exactly the same thing happens. But I love too a, many bookshelves. No, but I love a library that evolves, though. Mm. Like, I, I never understand when people... Like, I never lend a book. I think people especially paperback, if people want a book, I give them it, and then if I really want it, I'll buy it. Dermot, do you have a book plate? You, no. know, you should have an ex Libris. You know, it's just, just a, you need to meet someone, uh, maybe someone visual, a um, bit of time on their hands to design you a book plate. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I accept permissions. Someone, um, who, someone who might have, have a skill with a pen. I think so. Yes. I think so. Then you can put that book plate in your book. And then, you know, if you lend them, they will come back. <laughs> I... When you were talking about indulging there, if I was in charge of the country, if I was ever in position to... This is... Students get a thing that is called a reading week, which I guess at school is half term. Mm. Where, you're just, where there are no lessons, mm. no lectures, you're just supposed to read. I think if you could just say, OK, everyone, you're just going to have a reading week oh, now. You don't have to do anything else. You're just going to read books. Yeah. Simon, that's brilliant. I mean, that's so. transformative. Uh, I, in fact, I, would, I, I think I might adopt that, Simon. I will quote you um, on that as I travel around. I love the idea of... A book week. We should have one. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Uh, The next podcast that you get in a few days' time, you'll be hearing from Chris and Dermot talk about their books in great detail and reading some fabulous extracts. But for the moment, Matt, Chris, Dermot, thank you very much. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. So thanks to Chris and to Dermot for coming in, and you can hear their full interviews about their books coming in the next few days on this Books of the Year podcast. Some interesting choices from both of them there, I think we can safely say. Yes, and and very smart people. Yes, clearly. So uh, if you'd like to go to iTunes and review us... Pathetically, it makes us very happy. It, it is actually genuinely really helpful to us if you go on iTunes, and obviously we only accept five-star reviews. Five stars is our bare minimum, So, but it is it will really help us out if you do that. Anything less than five, and actually we visit you in the small hour. <laughs> Put a bat up your nightdress. That's the line. <laughs> um, Archie Paws. Everyone has strange names. Yes. Yeah, so glad to you both uh, together again. I'm not a big reader and only manage maybe one or two books a year, but I love hearing about the books on your podcast. My kids like to write, and I'm using this to inspire them and listen to the authors on how they go about putting all the books together. Uh, I've rated you five stars on our tunes. Hello to Jason. This is from... <laughs> oh, it's from well, it starts off by being from Archie Paws, and then it's had Kiss Zoe in Harpenden. Or is that Zoe Harp in Cheshire? That's Zoe Harp in Cheshire. In- <laughs> In general, in Harpenton, in Cheshire. Okay, so look, 
I'm a beginner at this kind of reading stuff out. So let's just say Zoe Harpin Cheshire, thank you very much indeed for getting in touch. Sorry I made a mess of reading out your your thing. And thank you for the five stars. Absolutely. Uh, also five stars from Camilla Millie. Um, great to have Matt and Tyler back together. And then five thumbs up, uh, including five stars as well, because obviously we, we only ever read out the reviews that give us five stars. Uh, this one says, I've missed the Radio 2 book club. I'm delighted that these two chaps are back together again. Chaps. I'm now enjoying working my way through the previous episodes. It's splendid. And that looks as though it comes from Red Lahaha. <laughs> okay. And this from Dranny Bell. I mean, that's a quite quite reasonable Almost name. Yes. Uh, um, uh, Simon and Matt, best guide to new books, uh, writes the the review. Uh, fabulous return of Simon Mayo and Matt Williams discussing new books with their authors. I've already read two of the recommendations, and they were both amazing, unputdownable reads. I would give them six stars if I could. Well. Is, is there a way that you can do that? No, but it is, I think, as I've referred to before, it always reminds me of that not the nine o'clock news sketch about points of view. I would gladly sell my house and all of its contents for the BBC. Well done. If you'd like to write to the BBC <laughs> praising us to the skies, get in touch. Um, and this is from Colin Platt. There you go. Ordinary name. Yes. Hello, Simon and Matt. Hello. I look forward to hearing this podcast every week. Uh, slash two weeks, as I really miss uh, the book club on Radio 2. Great to hear you both together. You always sound so relaxed and have fun making this podcast. So Actually, we, we hate it. Because we can't stand Ev, it. <laughs> just, as you can tell. Maybe review some food recipe books. Yes. With Nigel sometime. Yes. Also, I would love you to interview Lee Child or Michael Palin or Anne Cleves. Wasn't she beheaded by Henry Jones? Anne of Cleves. <laughs> uh, some of my favourite authors. Please keep up the good work. Thank you, Colin. Well, um, can't help you with Anne or Michael just at the moment, but Lee Child, Lee Child. is Stay certainly tuned. coming on. Yeah. Uh, and if you have any questions for Lee, then you can get in touch. You can email us at any time. We would love to get your emails, booksoftheyearyahoo.com, or you can tweet us at Books of the Year. Thank you very much, Lee, for downloading. Our next show will be with you in a few days' time, featuring TV's Dermot O'Leary, and every book in the world's Chris Riddell. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling... We are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.